Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. Happy Monday. It is the 7th of December, and we are back with a Bible reading plan podcast by Victory Point. Um, Thank you for joining us. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. And as you're starting the week, the at least the working week, um, hopefully this is just an encouraging and a edifying, a thought provoking, reflective space for you. And um, hopefully you're, I hope you listen every day, uh, you know, Monday through Friday. Last week we had four reading passages and we stopped on Thursday, but this week we'll be going all the way through Friday. Um, with Isaiah, Psalms, Luke, Thessalonians. Um, We'll be reading from the Gospel of John on Friday. And I hope that this is just kind of a little bit of an anchor for you to be able to enter into the scriptures in a different way and to engage in some dialogue. So um, as we read the passages, hopefully you've already read them on your own uh, for today at least. And and then if you have thoughts of your own, I encourage you to just uh, send me an email and offer your Thoughts, questions, concerns, pontifications, whatever you have about the passage, and um, we'd love to engage with you about that. But today, I'd like to introduce uh, the guest of the week. His name is Pete Vanderwell. Pete, you want to introduce yourself and say something that people ought to know about you? Yeah, Pete Vanderwell. I, uh, I'm, when we do have uh, worship services in the building, I'm upstairs every other third week pushing slide buttons. So you've probably heard the, the pastor's of that week, say, Pete, do this or do that. That's me. That's you. You're that Pete. That Pete, yeah. Okay. And um, Pete, you are recently retired. That's right. About the last seven, eight months of sorts. It's, uh, I was a Gentex employee for almost for a little over 29 years. But uh, <clears throat> because of the COVID thing and their need to reduce some of the workforce, they gave me a, an excellent package, retirement package, which I was delighted to take. No good feelings all the way around. No regrets whatsoever. So it's a, That's awesome. it's a very happy situation. What a great way to go into retirement. No regrets. And one other thing I have to mention, it's all serving. Two months after I retired, my last patent came through for whatever that's worth. Wow. What was that patent for? Well, it has to do with our technology. I can talk about it because it's been granted. It, it, for colorblind people, so when you look in the rearview mirror, which actually has a camera display of what's behind the car, it would be able to alter the colors for colorblind people so some of the colors would stand out more than others. Wow. And I did not know this, but at least 5% of men on the average are colorblind. I didn't know that. Like within the building we were in, like two or three guys were colorblind. I didn't know that. Wow. They don't know it because they never see anything different. That's really interesting. Well, way to go, Pete. That's quite an accomplishment. And you are also working on another project at home right now with TV sets. Well, it's just a hobby thing. I I used to be a, a repairman of TVs and radios and stuff, and I haven't done it for years, but I was able to acquire a couple antique TV sets about 50 years ago. They were made in 1948. One is, going on, one is on eBay right now as we speak, and the other one I have restored, and it's just a novelty type thing, but they both have seven-inch round screens. Can you imagine something that small, but just black and white? Uh-huh. So, uh, but the sound is the same as today. That hasn't changed, okay? It all sounds the same. 
Oh, that's great. So speaking of restoring things and repairing things and fixing things, we're going to read uh, Isaiah 61 today. Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4, and then it skips to 8 through 11. And it has some language in here about rebuilding and repairing and that kind of thing. So anxious to get into this passage. Um, what we're going to do, Pete, is uh, if you wouldn't mind reading this section, 1 through 4 and then 8 through 11 from Isaiah 61. And then I'd love to hear any thoughts that you have about it, like questions you have, things that trouble you, things that you love about it, things that are drawing your attention, and we'll have a conversation about it. So would you mind reading that passage for us? Okay, here we go. Verse 1. Uh, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Okay, and then we go to verse uh, 8 to 11. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make them an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and the garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up among all nations. Fantastic. Thank you, Pete. So as you're reading this, what's something that's grabbing your attention? Well, first thing I thought of, I took some notes here, I'll read off them, is that the first few verses talks about, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is on me and, and has sent me to bind up, et cetera, et cetera. The first thought is it's Isaiah, but I also did a little research and it but Jesus actually refers that, to that too as himself later on in the New Testament, which is very interesting. Yeah. Why do, you think, why do you think there's that connection? Well, obviously to link the two, uh, you know, all the New Testament together and there's a continuity that's there, obviously. But uh, uh, I, I don't have a good answer why Isaiah would actually make it appear as it refers to him, when actually the content of that appears to be much more of a higher level, shall we say, for a person, more more for a God like Jesus. Right. It makes more sense for Jesus to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right. than it does for Isaiah to say this. Is right. that what you're saying? Yes. And then also, um, let's see, verses 3 and 4. Let's see what we got here. To talk about rebuilding the ruined cities, etc. Yeah. Now, I haven't looked at the chronological 11, uh, point in history, but 
could this be the work of Nehemiah that's going to happen in some future, I think. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good insight, Pete. Yeah, that Nehemiah does help um, rebuild the temple. Yeah. The ancient ruins, for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, verses 8 to 11, I have the first two ancient revival of Israel, and again, in modern times, in other words, it could be, you know, there's been a time, of course, when Israel didn't exist anymore, and now, back in, what, 1948 or 49, it was, became a country again, so it almost seems like this refers to an ancient revival and a, and a so-called modern revival of Israel, I think, hmm. possibly. Yeah, interesting. Those are the things that I noted. What do, what do you what do you feel about this passage? Do you do you like it? Well, it certainly reflects the the nature of humanity. I'll tell you that ups and downs all the time because of their own fault. Their yeah, own created problems. Yeah, that's something that I was paying attention to. Is the oil gladness instead of so? Uh, give them a garland of instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Um, it seems to me Isaiah is speaking to a people who only feel the latter, who feel ashes, who feel mourning, who feel a faint spirit. And when you're in that place, doesn't it feel like that's all you've ever experienced? You know, it's easy to, you did, you said there, you know, uh, human condition is you go up and down. You've got, you've got low spots and you got high spots and low spots and high spots. But when you're in low spots, it feels like you've only ever experienced low spots. Look at COVID-19 right now. It's only it's been less than a year. And it seems like it's been going on forever, right? <laughs> yeah. um, Rachel, Rachel is uh, putting together some photo albums for family for, for Christmas gifts. Um, and so she's going back over the last a little over a year to look for pictures. First of all, it's hard to find family pictures this year because we have fewer interactions with people. Second of all, when we see pictures from late 2019, it feels like a generation ago. I mean, it just feels like so long ago because when you're in the midst of something that's hard, it, it tends to make you feel like it's been like that forever, right? Well, my son and I were talking today at, he lives in Valparaiso, Indiana. He says, you know, we don't want to subject you and your you know, mom to this COVID thing, so we're keeping our distance. But he says, I'm so frustrated and angry even that in, you know, at this point in life, we just can't get together. But then, you know, people have gone through wars. Look at the war, World War II, where people spent, what, maybe half a decade, you know, without anything, even longer maybe, you know. Mm -hmm. and our, our problems compared to some of those world wars is pretty minor, I think, you know, even though easy for me to say that, but. I know there's people out there who haven't got income. We're probably going to get evicted even yet, you know. It's pretty yeah. hard for them to say, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for them to realize it's going to pass when immediately this stuff is in front of them. Yeah, it's like a, a war and we've all been enlisted, haven't we? <laughs> Everybody everybody has been drafted. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how it feels sometimes. And I like the way Isaiah is giving some perspective that even though right now you feel ashes, mourning, faint spirit, um, God is going to exchange those things for a garland, um, which is like a, like a crown that like maybe uh, someone wears in celebration, like a, a wreath, um, oil of gladness and a mantle of praise. 
they'll be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. So there's some real hope there. And I like what you said at the beginning about, um, about Jesus. When Jesus in Luke 4, I believe this is, Jesus um, comes to the synagogue and they hand him a scroll of Isaiah and he opens it up and he reads this passage. And I don't know, Pete, maybe you've heard me mention this before. Since you're on slides, you, you probably catch this stuff um, if you're on it. But um, when Jesus goes back into the, uh, the synagogue, he's going back to his hometown. He is doing what everybody would have done. The, the practice in the town, in the synagogue, was um, you take turns, you know, on, on the Sabbath you know, that would be Saturday for them. They would have all gotten together in the, in the synagogue and they'd f figure out whose turn it was to read the scriptures. And then they'd say, all right, why don't you get up and read the scriptures? And then that person is supposed to say, um, I've lived this passage out in my life and, and here's how. This is how this passage has come true in my own life and kind of give a little bit of a testimony. And that's how they would do their synagogue gatherings and then someone would get up and teach more well jesus comes back into town and it's his turn to you know he's he's just on rotation he's it's his name is on the chart so he gets back into town and they hand him the scroll of prophet isaiah it's like hey it's your turn today we're reading this passage and lo and behold guess who gets to read it is the king of the universe you know isn't that cool so you're totally right. It makes much more sense for Jesus to say this, that the spirit of the Lord is upon him. The Lord has anointed him and sent him to bring the good news um, to all the people who are mourning and brokenhearted. So um, I think that's, it's a, it's really neat when you're able to see like connections between old and new Testament. But for me, this is also just um, pointing to Jesus and showing what Jesus came to do that he came to set us free and to deliver, you know, good news for a, a new incoming kingdom that we can all hope for. So, yeah, I love this passage and um, I love it even more thinking of Jesus reading it, you know, like you mentioned. So anything else you want to draw out of this passage, Pete? Well, one of the things that, you know, it's not just here, but it's all over in the Bible where God blesses different generations, but uh, you know, one generation forgets what the previous one has gone through, and that's always been the problem, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. Lessons learned are forgotten, obviously, and uh, that's always troubled me about some of the lessons learned here. We even see it in our own country, I think, a little bit, you know, where the generational gap as far as the lifestyles and the expectations uh, obviously change over the decades, but some of the root connections are lost, I'm afraid, you know? Yeah. And even here, yeah. this happens in some of these... Uh, Bible stories we read. Yeah, a few weeks ago we had uh, David Jeffrey come on. Um, he helps lead the youth, the children, uh, children's ministry in Kid Zone. And uh, he was he was noticing. We had a similar. I think it was a Psalm. He was noticing that generational thing too, and how important it is for us to pass our faith on to our kids and our grandkids, um, or else it it snuffs out. You know, it's it's our job to to pass these things on and to make sure those, that these lessons don't get forgotten. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pete. Um, thanks for engaging with this, this passage from Isaiah with me today. 
And um, everyone who's listening, um, I hope that today, if you are experiencing, um, whether you're experiencing oil of gladness today or whether you're experiencing mourning, um, just remember life is full of both and that God's promises are that um, he will exchange all of our mourning for gladness one day. And we can um, look forward to that. So um, let's be oaks of righteousness. Let's be uh, God's planting and we can display his glory. So go in peace and we'll catch back up with you tomorrow morning. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Thank you.